Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. show special guests from for the win chris corman out of baltimore maryland city i love a lot chris man you, you wrote a great column got some folks upset man i love it i love throwing the pot but you are so right man how are you doing man post article man i know those I'm, folks who are on yeah. the side of kurt hersher and desmond howard came for you and your mentions crazily probably yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I had a little snow here and uh, playing with my kids, so can't can't complain too much about that. But yeah, the uh, the reaction to just like a very basic take, which uh, you, you know, I, I don't, I just did not expect. I mean, I, like I was telling you before, like people were telling me I'm what's wrong with America because I I think that it's okay for college athletes to uh, to to take care of themselves and do what's right for them. I mean, it's just it's a really weird little corner of the culture war. Yes, they, Chris, but I thought that um, a lot of Americans about freedom of choice, freedom of speech and freedom of, but isn't there freedom of choice to not want to play the game that could harm your future earnings? Cause I thought America's a capitalist country. You want to make much much money as you can. Right. So a young man exercising his right to choose it's not wrong, but oh, Chris, I know what it is, Chris, because you're not making a choice. They, they they want you to make. That's why it's wrong. Right. That's why it's wrong, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, the whole thing is just so ridiculous uh, on, on every level. Like it's, uh, you know, I, I who cares about these bowl games too? Like I these I don't even I can't even name like ten bowl games left. Like the Outback Bowl is now like historic because it's had the same sponsor for yes. a, a long time, but it's still named after a chain that fries up onions. You know, like that. Yes, the it's, Mayo it's Bowl. Not, right, there's a Mayo Bowl. Right, I only know that because the uh, Liberty Bowl in Tennessee because I played football there when I was in college. Right, so. right. <laughs> you just it's like these bowl games. They're nice. They're fine. They're whatever. Like most players usually like going to them if they can, right? It's better than not going somewhere sunny in, in December and January. It's a chance to practice more football. It's a chance to be with your teammates. You get a little bit of swag. Like they're fine. But who are these fans who are pretending that they matter? And that it, it like, why wouldn't you want a kid who's given you three or four years of his life, given that to your program? Why wouldn't you want him to make the right decision for him and get prepared? You know, because like, 
you know this, these kids, part of what happens, right, is they have to train for the stuff leading up to the draft. And yes. that it's a totally different deal, right? Like an, a, a college football player is not doing anything during the season to get them ready to do all the drills they do at the combine not or do, you know, right. Like they're, they're worried about playing in pads. They're worried about doing all the things they need to do. They're watching film of opponents. Like it's a totally different deal. Why would you want them to have an extra month or two or whatever it is to get healthy? Cause they're not healthy after the season, right? They just played 12, 13. That's the other thing is Desmond Howard and Kirk Herbstreit didn't play as many games, right? Like they're, they're playing they're, 11 max. Right. In a bowl game as 12. Right. Right. And like these, these kids now are playing that as the season, uh, or if they're playing in conference type, you know, whatever. 14 like, games, getting close right. professional number of games right. at that point. Right. So these, these kids, like they, they need to heal up, first of all. Then, and then they need to start training for the other stuff. And then there's just a whole world now where, you know, like they're obviously they can connect with agents, right? If they, if they say we're opting out of the bowl game. Okay. Now they get a jump on getting an agent. The agent gets a jump on getting them into the best training. Cause there are different programs all over the country where you can go to prepare for all this. You want to get settled into those spots and get ready to go. And like, it's just, I mean, if you step back, why wouldn't you want that for the players who want to do it? Because not all, not every kid opts out either. Like plenty of kids, plenty of guys who are going to get drafted played in their bowl games. Just let the kids choose. You know, it's, 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 but it's just such an antiquated notion, man. It's very uh, much so. Like here in the Peach Bowl, Kenny Pickett not playing in the Peach Bowl. Right. He's still going to get drafted in the first round. Right, I, and like he's, it doesn't. He's, he's rest, rest his body. He rests his body. Mm-hmm. Well, my team no more wear and tear in a game that it's good to say you want it, but I really, I'd rather be healthy. Nobody, or, nobody's, or win the peach right. right. Nobody's ever going to mention that game again if he plays, and you know it's just not going to matter. And Micah Parsons skipped this whole last year. You know, obviously it was a little different because of COVID, but he made the right choice for him. And like, is anyone questioning Micah Parsons' passion for football? <laughs> like. You know, you well, watch the guy well, playing. Last year, doing the draft process, they did. Doing the draft process, they did. Right. But right. one now he's with the Cowboys, they don't care no more. See these, <laughs> you see these GMs, these scouts, and these regional scouts, these personal people have this antiquated view, like you said, of love of football. The guy would not be out there in pads, risking a injury every freaking play for 11, 12 times a year if he didn't love the game. Right. Right. I, mean, I have back issues and knee issues from playing football. Right. And I haven't played the game since 2008. Right. People wow. who don't, who aren't close to the, like, if you're not, like, you know, I used, as a reporter, I used to go to practice, right? And, like, stand next to the collisions. Or if you're lucky enough, you know, and then at the, my press pass would let me on the field at the end of games. And, like, to see how brutal football is up close. Uh like yeah, there are there are people who pro- there are players who don't love. I'm sure this was your way. This when you were younger too. There are play- who guys who don't love it. They're doing it still because they're good at it or whatever. Yes. But like by and large, if you're doing this, if you're putting your body on the line, like you have your motivation shouldn't be questioned. You know, like you are doing enough to get out there and do it. Uh, and it's just you know it's so lacking in nuance for them just to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just old boy thinking. Just you know, like. Yes. Old old man, old guard, just dropping. Uh, like, why is that on our TV? Why is that what we're getting? When they could, they could talk. ESPN could talk about any storyline they want. They could get any interview they want. They could do what they could. They could dig into depth. They have every stat they ever need. They have every video. They could give us so much to make the game to make it a richer experience to watch the game. And instead, they're just 
throwing, you know, as I said, they're just throwing out lazy buzzwords because they, uh, you know, I don't know. Because they, they, just... they sell with their demographic. Right. I it's mean, marketing. And it's, it's, it sucks. That's why I have to watch the game on mute because I can't stand listening to Joe Tessitore and Greg McElroy make it all about, oh, Matt Corral's playing and all of a sudden he got hurt. Then they, right. at least he played. Yeah. Really? But he, are you going to pay him the money bills he may have missed because he got right. a high ankle sprain on a Superdome right. turf for the right. meaningless game? Right. And now he's behind how many ever months uh, in his training or whatever it's going to be. Like, that's yeah, all that matters at this point, right? It matters so much for those guys and caring the right way. Like, what does that mean? Like, why is ESPN not talking about whether or not schools care about players like or coaches? Like, did Brian Kelly actually care about his Notre Dame players or, or not? Like, should we discuss that? Are the, do the schools who don't give players long-term insurance, do they actually care about players or not? Do schools, uh, scholarships are one-year renewable contracts. Like, yes. if, if schools cared, they'd probably give them four years. They'd probably say, hey, we're going to take care of you no matter what. Well, let's put it down on paper. Uh, you know, like this, this idea that players have to care to show that they really mean it, or, you know, have to have to like sacrifice to show that they really care and they really mean it. Whereas everybody else gets to make business decisions. It's, it's ludicrous. Is Kirk Herbstreit opting out of any games to make him a, bit, a much, much of money to, to run his mouth? No. Is no. Chris Fowler or Joe Tessitore, Greg McElroy, who should know better? Right. They yeah. should know better. As playing the game, you should know better. But they don't because it does not serve that narrative. Right. And that's why I can't watch. People say, why don't you watch sports talk? Because it's shameful. It's crappy. I, I'd rather be real. Like, I'm real with people. I don't, I don't sit around here making narratives. See, think about me, Chris. I don't go on this radio and say, let's talk about something I don't know about. If I'm not knowledgeable about it, about it I don't discuss it. Henceforth, hockey. I don't talk about hockey. I don't think about it. Okay. <laughs> I can't give you any analysis about a hockey a hockey, a hockey game. I can't yeah. talk soccer with you. Right. I can't talk about baseball, tennis, basketball, because I play those sports football. I played them, intimately played them. I can discuss right. that. So so I feel like I don't these guys on the TV just want to push narratives and give hot takes and get the buzz. ESPN loves it because guess what? The clicks, the dimensions. It business algorithms and they get the sponsor. Well, look, Kirk said this. Look at us now. So it sells. Being negative and being against the players sells. Because also, Chris, as you know, this it's programming. They need these players to play to promote yeah, the games right. on TV. So right. that's it's all about money. These young men, I, and I was one of them, does not does not benefit from all the money these conferences, these uh, TV partners make. I just get a per diem and uh, some books. In a room, and that's all you get. If you go to a booster, you're, you're ineligible. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, Herb Street and, and Desmond Howard could talk to whoever they want. You know, they could, you know, they they are talking in the, you know, they played football. Like, I, a lot of people brought that response to me in Twitter. Like, oh, how, how would you know? They know because they played. But, like, why don't they talk to the kids now? Why don't they, why aren't they interviewing these players? Why aren't they talking to the other to teammates there are there's their ability to get information and to dig into this story and really cover it is unparalleled right they, they are in better position than anyone else to get that information uh and they just opted not to they just opted to i mean it's not, it sounded like it was at the corner bar listening to old guys talk about mm -hmm. what anything just anything in society uh like and that's 
that's just not good enough. That's not, that's not, that's not what he is. And it's not good for the game. Here's the, here's the weird thing for me, right? If, if ESPN was smart about it, you're, you're right. That right. Like they want players to keep playing because they want fans to watch. They want fans to watch Jahan Dotson one more time. They want Penn state fans to say like, Oh, it's Dotson's last game. I got to tune in, but that's that ship has sailed, right? It's just not, it's not going to happen. So be smart about it and be, and, 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 Use the bowl games, market the bowl games as a chance to see next year's team, as a chance to see the future, as a chance to see young guys, recruits that you read about two years ago who've been waiting their turn, and now all of a sudden they get their turn under the bright lights in late December, early January. Like, it's just, it's just a different – the sport is just different now. And coaches for years have used bowl season this way. Like, you know, that like, it's – what it is is extra practice time. Yes. That's, that's the beautiful thing about bowl games for coaches, right? Like all, because if they, if you have a losing record, you got to stop practicing November 29th or whatever. And then you are just cold until spring break. That's terrible for a football coach. You're losing all that development time. That's an awful thing to happen. But all of a sudden you get to go to the, you know, Meineke tire bowl, whatever, you know, the bowls that I can't even name. The pinstripe bowl, Yankee State. Pinstripe, yeah, you get to go to a bowl game and all of a sudden you get 15 more practices. And that's, so now you're sorting out what's going to happen in spring practice. Like what problems do I need to solve in spring practice? You're just getting a jump start in the next season. Like every fan, every college football fan should want that. Like I have argued in the past that you should want your seniors, your, your draft eligible players. You should want them to opt out because it's going to open up room for the next generation to be better. Right? Like if a kid, if, if a kid uh, is going to play his first game next fall uh, and he's going to get jitters in that game and he's going to need to start, uh, you know, acclimating to what it's like to actually play. Why not get them started now? Why not let them play one of these quote unquote big bowl games? Uh, and you're just that further along. I mean, it's just like, this should not be as big a deal as it is. It's just such a bizarre thing that we're getting stuck on. Yes. It's just this whole, like you say, it's this old guard who does, who, who should know better, but does not know better because they just who they are. Like, like for me, I know from playing football from 1991 to 2008, the effect they had on my body. Right. And I was from four years old up until I was 21 years old, okay? And I feel the effects now, still. Right. So you in football, you have a short window to maximize your talent and your body before it gives out right. on you. So if I'm a guy who I got through my season, I have a first round, second round grade, third round grade, and playing this game is not going to really change my draft status one way or right. another. I'm going to make the big decision and save my body. But the problem is, Chris, as you notice, with social media, guys can control their own narrative. They can, they're empowering themselves now. And these guys like Herb Street and Lee Corso and Fowler, these people who are antiquated and they were thinking, it, it gets on their skin. Because when you, when you push back on their narratives and their concepts, now you're the one that's wrong, not them, right. but you, you're wrong. Right. These guys have it's their lives. Let those guys live their lives, do what's best for them, and you shut up and just call the game. Right. See, I, I had people say to me, like, well, if they opt out of the bowl game, then how do we know that they're not going to opt out when things get hard in the NFL? Uh, do you know what happened in the night? I think it was 1983. I was two. I don't remember because I was two years old. I was one, or one year old when this happened, probably. Uh, John Elway didn't want to play for the Baltimore Colts. And so we said he wasn't like he opted out of playing for the team that uh, drafted him and got moved. Like 
this is not the fact that players uh, want power is not new. What, what's what's new is that college athletes through decades now uh, have slowly, very slowly, much too slowly gained a little bit of power and a little bit of leverage. You know, they're able to transfer now. They're able to transfer more freely. Uh, they're, they're able to do things like this. They, they have the ability to opt out uh, where, because in the past, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, if a, if a player did that, then the coaches would have badmouthed them to the scouts. And then it would have like, but the NFL got smart. The NFL just said, like, we don't care. Like, we're, we're not going to worry about all that, like, red flag character concern type stuff that we see as baloney. You know, like, they're obviously digging in on some things. They do a tremendous amount of work to figure out who these kids actually are. But they just got over that. And they just said, we need talent. You know, we need guys who can play. And if, if they want to make the smart choice, they make the smart choice. Like that's not, that's not going to be a worry to the NFL, but the power structure in college sports has slowly, slowly, slowly changed. And it's going to keep changing, right? Like players are eventually going to get the ability to bargain with schools. Like they, they are going to be considered employees. They're, we're, we're headed that direction, right? All the momentum is headed that way. Um, they already, you know, they can now sign NIL deals, which, really is outside this discussion, you know, those are outside, but it's, it's empowering players. And, and that's why, you know, like we're talking about the old guard is just, they just get worried. They just see anything along those lines is like, wait, the sport is changing in ways that makes us feel uncomfortable. Uh, let's, let's have some backlash, you know, let's, let's remember how it used to be. Let's, let's be nostalgic about, oh, when we, you know, when we went down to that bowl, we all played, but like the situations are so different now, mm -hmm. everything Everything around it is so different. And I mean, if, if Desmond Howard had known, if, if Desmond Howard were coming up in this era and had known that he could skip a meaningless bowl game and get prepared and do all the things to, to, to focus on his pro career, he would have done it too. Like he would, he would have been in that group that uh, was making, or he would have had to make that decision. Again, not all these guys make the same decision, but they all go through some calculus. It's just a natural thing. Like, and, and every other college student gets to do this too, right? Like every college student, if they, you know, if they're an accountant, they can say, and they get an internship offer uh, and, and it's going to cause them to not be on campus their last semester. Like they, they, they have to make the choice. Like, do I want to be with my friends for my last semester? Or do I want to start my job early? Uh, you know, I wrote for my college newspaper and then I didn't because I started writing for other places like this is just this is what college is supposed to do right it's supposed to prepare you for what's next uh, and we let everyone else make their decisions you know just like we've let everyone else capitalize on their name image and likeness if they were able to forever uh, but for some reason we pretended that college athletes were some special class just because they got scholarships even though everyone else is eligible to get scholarships too um you know, it's just this, but it's just the breaking apart of this weird amateurism scam that has been around yeah, it's for a so big, long. A big scam. I remember we'll show up for July practice. You're here for football. Right. <laughs> yeah, we have no class. You're for football. Right. It will say right. it out loud by the coaches. Right. You're here for football. Right. You're not here for that. Right. Like you're majoring in football first and foremost right. while you're here. Football. Because right. those coaches make more than any. You know, like they make. Uh, especially now, right? Like the, uh, the, the offensive coordinator at most big time schools makes 
close to what the president makes, you know, like this is the balance of power. Like it's very clear. And they, their jobs depend not on whether a student does well, not with the APR, not the graduation rate, any of that. Nope None of that, none of that matters. Right. Winning. That's <laughs> it. That is all that matters. And honestly, for a lot of them, what matters most, it's like winning is like 60% and then recruiting is 40%. So you as a student who are already there don't even matter at all that much. You're not their pride. Like, that's not 100% what they're focused on because they have to recruit. They're thinking about some 10th grader in Ohio that they need to recruit in two years. Like the whole sit, like it is, that is what their job is. Right. So it's, it's hard to even blame them, right? It's just the system is so broken. The system being tied to education, uh, trying to make kids do a 50 hour job of playing college football and go to school is, uh, you know, it's like, it works for some people, right? Like some, some guys go and get a great education, but it's a really tough ask to, to demand that of so many different players, uh, especially these guys, starters, offensive linemen taking, dozens of hits to the head you know constantly battling in the trenches defensive linemen i mean that's really tough it's a really difficult uh job to do and to ask kids to try to do both and then to add to have fans who like are sort of ex expecting this purity you know this like oh they they should want to play for the 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 logo on the jersey like you know that's just not it's not realistic you know what chris is what's funny that you know we go over to play at Vanderbilt, which is like two miles from Tennessee State. You get called out of your name by the fans of Vanderbilt. Right. <laughs> like, we're literally neighbors. We're two miles away from Vanderbilt, literally, or two miles away from West End Avenue, right? And we're getting called out of our names in the same city. Right. So, like, all you care about is winning the game, but you don't care about the people on the field. That's the part that's also not said, too. Right. Like, no. in, in the South, they cheer for a lot of us young black young black men. They cheer for us, but can none of our, our issues pass once the game ends. We don't care about you no more. Thank God you won the game for the, the wrong time. But if right. you get put by the police, we don't care. Right. It's just the huh. South. It's crazy. So for me, Chris, I see that angle of it too. That it's like, hey, all you care about is me making you money. You don't care about me as a person. Right. I'm not human to you. I'm just entertainment to you. Right. Or I'm some a, a negative name that you want to call me because I'm be I'm beating your entertainment. You, 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 right. you know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Because yeah. you think Nashville was better than that, but it's not. No, I mean state state college is not better than that. I mean, you know, I went to Penn State. Like uh, the the racism there. You know, I covered sports in Bloomington, Indiana. Like you know, Indiana's Indiana, but like Bloomington's a very progressive place, and I mean it it permeates uh, the the sort of you know, I mean, it's been talked about by so many different writers. Taylor Branch wrote in the Atlantic years ago now about the plantation mentality of college sports. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's plain for anyone to see that that, you know, I I argued with people online who just like uh, they they should play. I'm like, well, why? Why should they? They just should. What, what are you talking about? They just should play. Like, why can't they make a decision like anyone else? Look, exactly. They they get they they get to play college. But like, no, you know, like they these guys are all they had to work incredibly hard. You know, you know this. You you had to do it yourself. Like they, it's an, it's an incredible amount of work. It's an incredible amount of sacrifice. Yeah, they're blessed with with amazing athleticism and size and skill and whatever. But like, they still have to capitalize on it, right? Yes. Uh, you know, it is like they they deserve to get to have a say. They don't they don't drop all rights uh, 
when they sign a scholarship form or when they commit to some coach who's getting paid, by the way, a hundred million dollars over 10 years guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, it's just this whole mentality of, of and, I, and I think that there's just more people than I realize uh, enjoy that part. You know, that that is part of the allure for them is that like, yeah, these guys, they, they have to, they're, they're our guys for our college and we own them and uh, they have to listen to our coach. And it's just like, Whoa, like, why aren't you guys supporting the player? Like, why aren't you, why don't you want what's best for the player uh, in question mm. that, that you're rooting for and that is going to college at the same campus where you went? And why don't you want him to be able to have a good experience too? Why, why is it more important for you to be able to shout at him, uh, you know, during the game and then badmouth him after the game for whatever you've determined, you know, his character is based on, uh, I, you know, I don't know, shouting at a coach or something on the sideline. It's, uh, you know, whatever. What, what fans are saying is in football and basketball, any can play the sport, you have spirited discussions. Right. Doesn't make you a bad guy. No. Because I'll tell my coach, F you in the heat of a battle, don't mean I already mean it. F you. In that moment, F you, but not like F you for real. <laughs> you know, but see, all these fans don't understand. It's all about this projection of their morality upon you. Like, no, it's not how we operate, you know? Right. You know, yes. like, like and coaches, coaches say that stuff all the time, right? Like, I mean, yes. and, 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 uh, fans view that as like, oh, he's a tough coach. He's, he's doing it, you know, he's, he's driving, he's getting the most out of his players, but like, players can demand more out of coaches too. <laughs> like that's yes. fine as well. I mean, it's, it's, yes. it's a cooperative, uh, you know, like it's a cooperative thing when you building a sports team as every college, as every coach knows, like we just saw a co- we just saw one of the better college coaches of all time fail spectacularly in the NFL. And everyone knew it was going to happen. Everyone knew that urban Meyer was not going to make it in the NFL yes. precisely because he cannot, he has always operated one way in college sports, which is that he has all the power, he's all the leverage. He's right. a dictator. And you that's get like, to the NFL. That's grown men with families, right. wives and kids. Right. And making more money than you. You know, yes. like you're not you're not even the richest guy in the building anymore. Like uh, you, Trevor Lawrence is going to make way more money than you are. So you better you better learn to get Trevor Lawrence on your side and get him to want to work with you. And you better show Trevor Lawrence that you know what is best for him and every other guy on that roster, right? 53 plus this practice squad. Like you, you have to prove it. You have to show that you understand the game at a higher level or that you have hired other people uh, to, to understand the game at a higher level and not a guy who got fired by Iowa for being racist as the strength coach. Uh, like you can't do that and expect it to work. You actually have to earn the respect of your players. Yes. It's not, it's not just built in. Um, and that's, that's why, like, why not? Why are we still doing this with college sports? Why are we still allowing it to be this way where these dictators have so much power? Like, why not just make it a little bit more like, what the rest of us expect out of our workplaces, right? Like nobody wants that sort of situation. Exactly. It's sad, Chris, because like you said, man, like that's why Matt Rule's having trouble in Carolina. He's running like a college coach. His way of the highway. Right. So he's failing in Carolina. Steve Spurrier failed with the the Washington football team because that same mentality. But John Harbaugh in Baltimore, in your city, he understands men and people. 
Right. Yeah. Charles McDonald and I were talking about this uh, recently uh, with on our podcast uh, that John Harbaugh, because John Harbaugh is like really from a college coaching family, right? His dad was a longtime coach, mostly as an assistant, but he had some head coach stints. Uh, You know, his brother coaches Michigan, obviously now, like they're very steeped in that culture. Uh, And uh, I remember, I can't remember what year it was. It might've been the year they won the Super Bowl, but Harbaugh had come in and he was sort of rah-rah, like sort of that type of guy, like brotherhood, but you know, we're, we're a brotherhood and we're fighting for each other and you gotta, we're going to be tougher. And, and he had Ed Reed and Ray Lewis in the locker room then. And they just said like, no, this, this is not how you do it. You, you don't do this in, as a professional coach. And John Harbaugh, to his credit, adjusted and, and became the type of coach that he needed to become. And now he's easily one of the top five NFL coaches uh, out there. You know, he's like this, you know, I know that everyone's a little bit down on the Ravens right now because they lost a bunch of games in a row, but this, that team should have never been anywhere close to as, as good as it was this year with all the injuries they had and everything they've gone through. Uh, he's a really good coach. And it was because he made that adjustment. He started treating his players like men, like people, you know, and like, like uh, partners in the endeavor of winning football games and not pawns that he was adjusting and moving around and that he knew what was best for all of them. And he was the one with the, all the answers. Uh, you know, he's, he listens to more, he listens to the analytic people more than any other NFL coach, pretty much. I mean, there's a couple other guys who were in that conversation, but he's allowed, like he, he is allowing computer nerds to come in and like, okay, you, you know what, you have good information. I'm going to use it. Uh, it's, and that's just a totally different mindset. Like that's a yes. huge credit to Harbaugh that he was able to make that adjustment. And Chris, guys like Bill O'Brien, Eric Mangini, Brian Flores in Miami, uh, Mike Vrabel, that style works when you're winning. Right. When you start losing, <laughs> guys tune you out real fast. Right. Uh, so many of Belichick's, like, Bel- <laughs> like J- Judge, right? Like, J- J- like J- Judge is like just, he's a mess because he's trying to act like he's Bill Belichick, but you're not Bill Belichick yet, bud. Like you gotta, you gotta win some games. You gotta make some players better. You gotta, you gotta take a team and make it better than the sum of its parts before you do that, which Bill Belichick does on the regular Uh, Matt Patricia. Like what was that guy doing in, in Detroit? And now it's so different to see Dan Campbell come in. Like Dan Campbell's like a traditional sort of like, I mean, he literally opened his press conference by being like, we're going to bite people's kneecaps off. Right. Like he is, a caricature of a football coach, but he hired a really great staff and he, you know, and he, he, he is working to get the acceptance of his players. You know, he has worked to try to, 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 to have them on the same side, right? He's not like Matt Patricia was so standoffish and always acted like he had all the answers and that he was the one Dan Campbell just hired a terrific staff. It seems to me that he lets them work, lets them solve problems. And he's sort of the guy who's managing the personalities in the locker room. And those guys, I mean, that team plays so hard, like, and it shouldn't, everybody knew that team was going to be terrible. Um, You know, and honestly, honestly, the Texans are, are another case like David Coley has done a really good, like that team plays hard. They're, they're totally outmanned, but something about what he's doing. And he, he worked with Harbaugh. He's, he was a longtime college assistant, but worked with Harbaugh most recently. He's a guy who like clearly the players have bought into him, right? They are playing for him. And I'm guessing that if we were to dig into the locker room and talk to players, or if we could be in there, it's because he respects them and is making them a partner in the, 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 the work that's being done. And I'll say even who got fired Atlanta, Dan Quinn, he got fired because he couldn't recover from a Super Bowl loss. But 
Nobody is the building of Falcons would have hated Dan Quinn. He right. was liked by everyone because he's real. He's positive, high energy. He, right. he's treats you like a man. He, he's a it's a brotherhood, it's a partnership. And but the only thing about Dan Quinn was they, they couldn't close the deal because his defenses were predictable. You know, yeah. that's the thing about Dan Quinn. But Dan Quinn's reinvented himself with the Dallas Cowboys. Right. And he's he's gonna get head coaching interviews again. Like he's gonna be in those conversations. I think he's already in the conversation for the Jacksonville job, maybe. Uh so you're right. Like, and you're right. It was just that he, like, he had one defense and he was just going to do it. And he's got to realize, and it does appear that he is, he's becoming it's more that flexible. Seattle cover three scheme that Ken right. getting killed with right now. Because right. everybody run, ran it because it was so right. good. Like, right. the Jaguars run it, Gus Bradley. He runs it with Oakland now. Uh, the 49ers run it uh, with D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala runs it with the Jets. Everybody got caught on that Seattle scheme. So, right. he, Dan Quinn never changed it. It was just but, like cover three every time. <laughs> right. But not everybody had Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor. That's Correct. the problem. <laughs> you know, you can't. So, you got you to gotta work with what you got. So, uh, but yeah, it does appear that he's, he's adjusting now. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I just, I love people like Dan Quinn, people like John Harbaugh, because they're even Mel Tucker. And the funny thing about this, Chris, is Mel Tucker was in Colorado and in Georgia. I had him on my show. He's in Michigan State. I can't find him because they won't let, let me talk to him, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that happens. You, you had Mike, you had Mike Woodson on your show recently, right? Yes. Isn't that right? Yeah, from Atlanta Hawks days, a... yes. Mike, you see, the hat, uh, the hat off, yeah, on the, from the Hawks days, yes. Mike Woodson's very cool. But, okay. it, 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 Chris, it took me having to tell the, the, the PR guy, Mike Woodson knows me personally. <laughs> <laughs> That Woody confirmed it that he knew. Yes, I know Jr. You know, right. it took me having to pull that card. Hey, I know Woody from Atlanta Hawk days. <laughs> that's that's tough, man. That's that's how it is. That's again getting back to horrible. Uh, getting back to Cur- Cur- Curb Street and uh, Desmond Howard. That's the frustrating thing is they could they could talk to anybody. You know, they could they could if they really cared about this issue, if they really wanted to understand it. Not only could they talk to people about it and get the real story, but they could also like help fix it. You know, they could they could be the ones who come up with better a better idea. How do we get players to be involved in the bowl game? Because like that's the other thing is that these guys are just opting out of of the part where they could get hurt, right? Like they could still be around. They could still be and they were, and they are around, right? Like they could still be around. They're still, they're not playing in the game, right? That's and the, the- and and bowl like the other thing about bowl games so for like you know for schools like Penn State generally always going to go like fans put aside the money to go right like the, the vacate like okay we we don't know where we're going to go on vacation uh, in between you know from Christmas New Year's but we know we are going to uh, so we're going to put aside some money and we'll go there and like all that other stuff is really the fun stuff there's like the teams are doing you know non-COVID times, I think they're probably doing more, but the team, there's parties, there's things, you know, there's team, official team hotels and there's events where they're playing video games against each other or whatever. Like that stuff is at least as much a part of it as the game itself, right? A lot of these games are just like, it's it's fun to see like Penn State play Arkansas. You know, they're not usually going to play Arkansas. Like that, that's a neat part, right? You see teams play, play that generally don't play or bigger name programs that you didn't expect to play like that all that part's fun uh, fun too but like why not just just be smart about it find other ways to get these guys involved find other ways to to have them there and be remembered Uh, just deal with the fact that like this is the right thing like that's ultimately it's the right thing to do for these kids yes uh you know and and i'm not criticizing i would never criticize anyone who wants to play if they want to play 
have all that. power like, to you. Right. But, like, but, but but don't come down on people who choose not to play. That's right. that's you and our issue with the host. Don't come, don't make it like they're don't love football or they're bad people because yeah. they chose to make decisions that for them or call they're themselves. In, they're, they're entitled. Like what what are we talking? Like they're I mean they're they have the same they have the same entitlement that the rest of us have, which is to decide what we want to do with our lives. <laughs> like and exactly. decide how we want to chase our dreams. I mean, that's, exactly. That's, Chris, it's, it's just sad, man. The state of our affairs in, in this country is that, hey, if you don't do it my way, you're wrong. Or if I don't agree with how you did it, now you're the problem. Like, really? Right. And I'm like, that's so just, it's just terrible. It's, what kind of morals is that? Like, I thought this country was found on freedom, right? Do what you want right. to, right? I thought it was found, but I know otherwise. <laughs> but right. it's like, I'm like, for real? Right. And like, like you said with access, like for me, Jerry Stackhouse, who I know personally from playing Atlanta Hawks, I had to go, I had to drive to Nashville and tell them personally, I have his both his numbers in my phone. <laughs> I want to have him on my show because I, I always call him myself. Which which one do you prefer? Do you prefer I just do it behind your back or, just, right. or you do it the right way? Because see, these SIDs, I don't have, I've been doing 11 years, Chris. And I, don't have, I, I, I call them out and I tell them how they are. And all I tell their coach, I, I, I'll give you an example. Rich, Rich, Rick Chino's son in Minnesota, with the, in New Mexico, mm-hmm. he told me the request that I never got to him. I said, Coach, I know it didn't get to you. I know right. it's not you. It's the SID having a power trip. Right. And, it's, it's, <laughs> and, and why? Like, why, why hide these people who are doing this thing that so many fans care about? And who want to talk about it? Like athletes want to talk about their decisions and the process, and you know they don't want to. Like sometimes you don't want to ask answer tough questions about like why did you call this or call that. But like people, uh, I think you're a thoughtful guy. Like you want to talk to them about how they got there and what their yes. process is and what. Like, that's what the beat writers ask you about why somebody right. didn't play. I'm asking you about real life back background stories, not so any SID. Do your homework on me. Look who I talk to. Oh, look what's look what's on my show. Why would Mike Woodson come on my show if I wasn't legit? <laughs> you know, why would you know Josh Pastner come on my show if I wasn't legit? Or Brad Brownell or Will Wade LSU if I wasn't legit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna hide your coach from my show, but because what I'm not ESPN, I'm not Fox, I'm not whoever big name you want to cower to. See, right. being, being an independent radio host like I am, brother, it's like I catch the hell because I don't go by all the rules. I, I don't ask dumb questions. Any coach that's been on my show enjoys it because I'm not asking the same boring questions that they get every day from uh, the, the beat writers and ESPN people. And, oh, well, coach, why isn't this guy playing? I'm not asking you a question. Those are between you and your player. I'm going to ask you about some other stuff because I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. A lot of rival recruits in football and basketball are in Georgia. And guess what? It can benefit your program. But a lot of SIDs don't see it that way because I'm not ESPN or Fox or NBC or whatever. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's a frustrating thing with, again, with ESPN. Like they have, you know, they made a big deal out of Kirk Herbstreet. Like he, he covered like five games and then flew overnight and then did that show. Like, you're ESPN. You hire. You have other people. First of all, like they have Mike Golick Jr., who's brilliant and smart and under. 
understands what's going on with today's like you have other people just use the other people or hire more you know like uh, just get get people who are more in touch at least have someone on that set who can say to kirk herbstreet and desmond howard like well guys here's the thing now with players or let's take this into consideration or what about this like let's talk about this like and i understand that i guess it was maybe reese davis who was on uh at the time like kind of tried to do that tried to steer it back uh but it's just it's just a shame like why not have a why not have an actual robust debate why not have a real discussion of it rather than just let two guys tee off uh yeah uh, you know on on current players yeah it's it's lazy broadcasting too the ESPN is very lazy because I've saw the behind the scenes how how it, how that works. They have these little meetings where they I'm gonna say it is, you say it is. They know they each other gonna say all before the show mm-hmm. starts. It's so it's it's it's, it's live, but very much same time script at the same time too. Right. Since I found that part out years ago, like, I don't know parts of this. They're <laughs> actors like Stephen A. Smith off the camera. It's different when when when, when the countdown starts. The character, the character comes on, <laughs> right? So, like knowing that, that from intimate knowledge of going doing a tour and learning about it, <laughs> I don't watch that stuff, Chris. How to listeners? It's all an act. It's all about performance. Don't fall for the okie doke. <laughs> yeah. So, and they could be so much better, but they choose not to, right? Because it doesn't pay with their sponsors. Oh, it's frustrating, man. You know, it's... and their sponsors tend to be very conservative and want it a certain yeah, way. Right. So they appeal to that. And status quo. I mean, they just yes. want it to not change. Uh, you know, like and so much a lot of this discussion too is is actually rooted in the transfer portal, right? It's actually it's this is like an ex to that for the people who are upset, it's it's a it's an extension of like, oh, now players they can transfer and and they whenever things get tough they they just leave and you know this whole like thing that they've coaches do it all the time head. though right coaches Ryan do. Kelly and anyone Lincoln else in college anyone in college you know like I if I, if you didn't like your if you got to a college and didn't like it what do you do you transfer yes. nobody nobody says like oh man you're a bad person you gave up really quickly didn't you like no they just say oh you 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 didn't like it there and you thought this place would be better that's cool great same with a job Right. You you got a job is not treating you. You might find a job make give you more money. You go doesn't mean you're right. a bad person. So right. it's like this, this whole these false narratives, these conflations, these red herrings out here, man. It's sickening. And as a guy who played the game, I'm like really, and now I play at the FCS level. Let's not even talk about read the resource the resource gap between a Tennessee State and Tennessee in Knoxville. Let's not even go there because <laughs> because. People don't know it. Vanderbilt's a private school, so that don't really count. Let's talk about Memphis compared to Tennessee State for funding and resources. We don't want to have that discussion. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's to- totally different. I mean, you know, totally, totally HBCU different world. school having you know hand me down shoulder bags from the, from the Titans. Right. We, we don't even want to go there. Did you guys really have pads from the Titans? Yes. Wow. Wow. That's I'll tell you no joke, my brother. <laughs> That's per wild. diem ten dollars. Ten dollars? Yes. 
Oh man! Having to find a female friend or whoever lets you use their meal, their meal plan to get you some food extra after hours. Right. <laughs> so, right. So, and like, so that stuff is barely getting fixed now. You know, like there's like you know there's the the schools are allowed to pay a little bit. You know, the cost of living adjustment or whatever, like whatever they call it. Uh, like we're barely getting to the point where we can do that. You know, like, it's just so ridiculous. Like, yes. it, it's just, we're barely making progress. And like, you know, stuff is winding through the courts that's going to change how college sports work. But like, and, and people are just freaking out about it. Uh, it is. It's just if for the change, man. Like, like, Chris, I can tell you so many horror stories about my four years of having to deal with crap. Like what I just told you, you know what I'm saying? But these guys, are having on their high horse. Right. Like, if I made a choice to leave what I just described to you, I'm going to be a bad person. I want something better. Right. And I would not, I would tell you no joke. If Georgia State had a football team, I would have stayed in Atlanta. But they didn't have football in 08 when Bill Curry came. Right, right. Yeah. He relaunched the program. So that was my senior year. Why am I going to do that? I'm going to sing. You know what I'm saying? So, that does not make you a bad person that you decide to leave something that you feel is better for you. Right. You know, it's like, for real, like, you know, like, like Tennessee State made more money playing the HBCU classes than they did playing in OVC. Per person, I'll tell you, we cut about the four schools in the HBCU games, uh, the Power Five game we played for money. We had to OVC's teams. We had to about Austin Peterson, Tennessee Tech, or oh, oh, UT Martin. We didn't care about them. We cared about the first game of the season. We played in the four HBC Classics and the one Power Five school for money. We didn't care about none of that stuff. Right. You know, because that was the fun to us. Like, that was, those are bowl games. <laughs> you know? Right. right. You know, but these guys on your hot horse, like, come on. Like, the kids – over at Vanderbilt, all the money they get just and they suck every year. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean it's it's yeah, it's uh, there's just no no truth to it. You know, there's just no it's the frustrating thing. It's like there's nothing nothing to it that that these kids care less. You know, they, I mean in so many ways they you know, like I, you know, I don't even know how you could measure how somebody cares about something, you know, like through the years, but like, again, to play football now, like they're, they're spending all summer at camps too. Like, yes. this is like when, when Desmond Heron and Howard and Kirk Herbstreit came up, like they probably just like, even back then they, they, they may have been good enough to go to a couple things uh, here and there, but like the average kid who wants to become a college football recruit now is doing seven on seven yes. and camp after camp after camp. They're giving up so much stuff over the summer, right? Like they, yes. it's just the whole, the whole business around college sports and around even just getting into college sports, the business around high school sports, the business around private training, private lessons, all of that is so much bigger than when those guys were involved. Like for those guys, it was like, ball out for your high school team, do a good job. Your high school coach will talk to a college coach and get you a scholarship and then do a good job there. And maybe you'll get to the pros. And like, it was just very, very linear, right? It was like, it was mm-hmm. just sort of uh, simple for them. It was all laid out, uh, but now it's just a totally different deal, right? There's just so much more to it. And like, oh, the other thing we're talking about with like the, the whole idea, like, oh, if you transfer, you're, you're not resilient. You're not, you're, or you're you're too young to make that decision. You're you know you're just you're just uh, you're not learning to fight through adversity because the first thing that comes along you're giving up. 
well, like, why don't we let these players have agents? Because an agent is someone who works for the player and has the player's best interest in mind. Uh, you know, every pro player and, mo you know, the vast majority, a couple guys represent themselves, but they have an agent and they work through the agent for everything because they want, they want that guy to be a second voice, helping them guide, uh, helping guide them. And they're supposed, because they've been through it before, they understand the ins and outs. Like, why don't we let college players do that? Why, why have we, why have we always just had these ridiculous rules that like, oh, that might lead to, I don't even know what it would like, why, what were we so afraid of? Like how cheating or, well, guess what? There's already cheating in college Oh, sports. yes, it is. <laughs> already. Oh, yes. I can tell you stories about that. I, I, I won't say them all over the air, but <laughs> I know how to get around that, that stuff too. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. See, I would love to be on that show to give them the, the the people the truth about what happened see they want to paint this whole pie in the sky that's the, the power of five level the group of five level now is getting that point but back when i played like i thank my father my father was my judge machine the one, mm -hmm. i was gonna run around to my father father in the park right to get to get good yeah then i had to go i played basketball and baseball trying to find a way out of the hood you know if I was not good at football, I could run fast. Me and we'd be talking today, Chris. <laughs> it took my dad working with me every day after school to try to find me a sport that get me out of our situation in west side of Atlanta. Yeah. So when I hear those guys at Hershkin and Howard, it offends me because right. I, without football, I wouldn't be where I am today. Right. But if I made a decision to leave Tennessee State and go to Georgia State or wherever I wanted all, to go, all of that, a, all of that would have been wiped away. You, yeah. you didn't actually love the game. Yeah, you, that, that's that, that's you why it, it struck me in such a wrong because I know football got me to where I am. They talking to you, Chris. I can talk to Mike Woodson or talk to who Josh Pastner and call them friends of mine, right? Because my dad took me out in the yard and took me to the park to catch footballs to find something to get me out of that situation. But I don't love the game because I found time to leave somewhere. That's that's right. why it's hit me the wrong way, Chris. Right, right. All the work that they put in, like, you know, they deserve the chance to decide what they want to do. And they don't, they don't need to be questioned. Like it's not some moral failing to, to decide that uh, it's better off for them to spend their time a certain way. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, it's... I, you know what, Chris? Not the message for, for lesson before we wrap up here, Chris. I resent and reject being told how to live my life, what to do, with my personal decisions with my life, and have some other person who does, who does not know my 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 background, my rooting, to tell me, Jr. You don't love this because of you did this. How do you know that? You're not in my head. <laughs> you you don't know why I made the decision I made or why I did what I did. Who are you to sit on your high horse, your pedestal to tell me or any other person was the situation that was a wrong decision? Maybe in that in that in that, in that, in that moment, in that current environment, it was what's best for them. Accept that. Because see, Chris, I said people who they are. I don't try to I don't try to change anybody. You are who you are. I'll have an engaged conversation with you about a topic, but in the end, you are who you are. I don't care. I don't care who, who, who person is, but I feel like these guys at ESPN want to project their own way of knowing and their own way of being on everybody else. If you don't, if you don't see it that way, you're wrong. 
you 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 need to be changed. You need to do be do better. No, who are you to decide what's better and what's not? Right, and that's who they appealed to. That's who I heard from. It's just people who. I don't know. They just want to be angry about it. They just want to be angry. They just want to feel like things are spinning out of control and that, uh, yeah, it's just not like it used to be like, no, it's actually better. Like watch college football. College football is amazing. Now it's the sport itself is just absurdly amazing. Like the, the schemes, the, like what they're doing, the talent of the players, the, the across the board, it's, it's a, it's as good a sport as it's ever been just stop like if, if you if you really love sports just sit and watch the game and you'll still see a beautiful uh a beautiful athletic contest between amazing athletes like none of that has changed you just want to sit back and get angry about uh the players getting a few more rights like it's just it's weird man i got like you know i I, I, these people, like, I also can't, I can't fathom, like, reading something I don't like and, like, them, like, tracking me down, like, spending more time to be, like, you know, send some of the stuff they sent to me, uh, which I might be able to say on your show, but I definitely could not say on ESPN or anything else, you know, like, some of the stuff I was told about uh, myself because I had this opinion is just, why, like, what are we, what are we getting so angry about? Uh, but it's just, there's something rooted there that they, they would rather just feel, uh, upset about it without ever actually considering who these people are as people, uh, who these young men are, what what actually matters to them, and where they came from, and and how they got there. You know, they love to talk about like well, like you like you talk about like they love to say like oh yeah, college sports is a way. It's helped so many people. It gives so many scholarships, and it it helps people get out of difficult circumstances. They love to talk about that, but individually, they don't want to think about uh all the what that might mean for what that player decides or how that player might see the world or what that player might think about their spot in the sport after the fact right because that's the other thing is like college they have the the players have so little power that of course they're not going to speak out and even after they get out of college they're still sort of like in that mindset right where they're like still feel beholden they want to be invited back to stuff they want to have their coaches uh, seal of approval if they want to go into something else you know their playing career might have ended but they just sort of have to be on the inside of the circle and it's a powerful thing that nobody wants to break out of uh, but that's all a power imbalance right and like and I guess you know I guess the reason that Kirk Herbstreit and Desmond Howard don't want to to really delve into that is because they're part of the power imbalance uh, mm -hmm. but but it would be nice if we could just respect these players enough to actually talk to them and find out why they are doing what they're doing and then report that on television and add more nuance to the conversation. Oh, definitely. Chris, thank you for your time today, brother. We'll do this again real soon, brother. Uh, uh, it was uh, so much fun, my guy. We'll do this again real soon. Trust me, I really enjoyed our chat today, man. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, man. You're welcome, brother. That's Chris Corman on, on the Boss Show, people. Check him out at For the Win. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.